Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is DC Movie News, bringing you the most up-to-date discussion and commentary within the DC Universe. <laughs> I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna hang on to it. I'm hanging on to oh your hand. And really? Oh! Oh! The heat in here on this April Fool's edition of the DC Movie News show is, it's palpable. <laughs> the music, it's intense. I mean, by God. By golly, we've done it. How are you doing, everybody out there in the DC Movie Universe? Adam Gertler, of course, as we announced last week, he's busy shooting television, as he does. So, unfortunately, he's not here. But follow him at Adam Gertler and make sure you watch him on his brand new show. He has two shows, uh, aside from this one. So, what the hell? Watch him on both on uh, FX Movie Download and also uh, the show on FYI, whenever that does actually hit the air. Let's get to everyone in studio today. Find us on Twitter at DC Movies SK. I am at Jay Quasto. The lady to my left. She's here every single week. You know her, you love her. She's wearing a Converse t-shirt because she keeps it old school. Find her on Twitter at Roxy Stryer. Hello, happy She's to be here. Roxy Stryer. That is me I and that I am. There you go. Like profound, Dr. Seuss. Profound. I feel like this music uh, it's like we're walking into a church. Uh, yeah. Listen, what kind of intimidating churches do you walk into? <laughs> Ones in movies. I was raised Catholic. This reminds me of a movie that filled me with both wonder and disappointment. And whiskey, all at the same time. Now, I was a little young for whiskey at that time. <laughs> well, you could always... <laughs> Didn't stop you. <laughs> Not gonna go there. Didn't stop me. Uh, we have a very special guest in studio. He's a friend of the show. The feedback was so strong last time he came in. We had to get him back, except he's been very, very busy. But the good news is he is now officially an L.A. resident. You can find him on Twitter at Sizzler Kistler, and he's also a New York Times bestseller for the book Doctor Who: A History. Thank you. He's Alan Sizzler Kistler. Good to be back. I'm, I'm happy to be back here, guys. How you doing, bro? And I have to say, okay. we're excited because you've been in the chat talking to us through these weeks too, and that was you funny. have amazing things to say. So now you get to say them out loud. Yeah. Again. Which is awesome. Chat chat was not good enough. I had to come here right. and make sure that you respond. Oh, Last yeah. week, you got me so excited when you go, I'll work on getting you a pass to Comic-Con. And I agreed to do... I agree. I agreed to dress up and do something stupid as Bane Cat. You agreed <laughs> to be Bane Cat. That's what happened. So far, that's the leading choice on Twitter is for me to have to be Bane Cat. Really, by yeah. far. <laughs> I don't know how Bane Cat's pretty excited about it. 
Just saying. How do I dress up like Bane Cat? Do I put a full cat outfit on and then make a mask? I will help you. I'll do it. I will help you do it. They're yeah. like a Tigger onesie you can find and, and then like oh, yeah. add the mask to it. I'm on board. If I if I can get into Comic Con, I'll walk around like that. Maybe we could be Bane Cat Dog and attach ourselves with the butts and then I'll be Bane Cat and you can be Bane Dog. This is inviting lots of problems. <laughs> and then you just chase me around. Are you just jealous? <laughs> yes. You can be Bane something. That would be incredible. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, let's get to it. Oh, also, you're going to be at WonderCon this weekend. I am going to be at WonderCon. I'm going to be uh, doing the uh, spotlight with Jamal Eigel on Friday. Mm-hmm. Jamal's a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, Saturday morning, I'm on a panel about how to get press coverage if you're an indie property. Cool. And Love Sunday, that. I'm going to be talking with a few psychologists about the psychological uh, benefits from watching geeky television. Really? Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Cool. That's, okay. That's something I'd really... That's, that's a panel I'd really like to see. I feel like I, it would make me feel good about myself. I'm going to see if I can videotape it, because mm-hmm. uh, it's a panel that we get asked about a lot, and you know not everyone can make it to WonderCon, so I'm going to see if I can videotape it and then put it up on my, my own YouTube channel later. So Absolutely. stay tuned. Yeah. I think it would definitely stimulate creativity with that kind of television. It does. It. Well, also, like one of my friends on, it, uh, on the panel, Janina Scarlett, uh, she is... She basically is a superhero therapist, so like she'll bring in uh, episodes of Buffy or certain comic books to help people talk about their own trauma. So, for instance, the, if if someone had been attacked and is having difficulty talking about it, she would show an episode of Buffy where Buffy is basically suffering from PTSD, mm. and through them watching that episode together and then talking about it afterwards, the patient has been able to talk about her own experience more. That's amazing. Wow. That's yeah. amazing that comic books and characters can do that for people. I mean, that's the, what stories should be able to do. Not right. just entertain yeah. us, but really reach into something and, and talk about it. Well, that's the whole thing. That. This whole genre should be able to empower us. It's like any any kind of make-believe. It's like the WWE's new new catchphrases for the hero in all of us. And I like that. It is, because you watch stuff like this, it makes you feel like you can get out and you can do anything. And that's yeah. essentially why we want to be entertained yeah. and... Uh, well, it's, it's like the greatest thing about Superman. The initial idea is not like Superman's here to protect us all. Superman believes we can all be Superman. Yes. If we tried. And there's, there's many ways you can do that. Yeah. And, and the key is, I think, just being a good person, helping other people out, makes you stronger, makes everyone else stronger. Absolutely. That's what we're doing in this show. We're trying to give you some fun entertainment to make you go out and do the best that you can do with your life. Do your life. Live your life. Do your life. All right, let's get into it. Uh, (laughs) Big news, May 15th. We are all going to be in the movie theater. Why? Because Mad Max Fury Road is going to be featuring the trailer for Batman vs. Superman. My God. Say it again. Say it again. May 15th. We're going to be in movie theaters because Mad Max Fury Road is going to be featuring the trailer for Batman vs. Superman. By God. It's amazing. It's amazing. I am sweating. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, This was just music to my ears. We've been all speculating, when are we going to see something? When are we going to see something? When are we going to see something? Well, May 15th, we are going to see something. Yeah. And very, very smart, I think, with the May 15th with Mad Max, because as we know, Avengers comes out May 1st. It's already going to be a couple weeks that it's already in theaters. So I imagine they expect Mad Max to get a huge push. Yeah. And Mad Max must be really stoked about this. Because that's going to bring in some viewers. And there's already a lot of excitement for Mad Max. Yeah. And, and Mel Gibson, I know, has signed off, and he claims it's awesome, and he's on board with everything about it. All right. I don't know how much people care about Mel Gibson's opinion at this point. But True. 
He's, he's burned a few bridges. I love you. Always have. <laughs> that's what that's what he says Does, to Mad Max. <laughs> is that is that the ending tagline? The, the character. I love you. Always have. It's actually pretty good, Johnny. That's the only thing I can say in Scottish. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. You are a voice actor, so I'm not surprised. This is going to be amazing, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I was already on board with seeing Mad Max, but now just knowing that that's going to be there before the movie even begins. And who knows? What do you think it's going to be? I'm thinking it's going to be just a quick teaser trailer. It is. Yeah. 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 That, that's the game they've been playing the entire time. They're, they're not going to give us some like big epic Avengers trailer where we get a, a sense of at least the first hour of the film. Like It's going to be some quick glimpses. Yeah. I don't know, though. I think it will be a little more than what Star Wars gave us as their teaser. Like I do I do think that we're going to get something a little sure. a little more plot-driven, subject-y, whatever it more, is. More than just being told that there's a desert... And the Falcon in the movie. And they've changed the lightsaber. <laughs> and that there's yeah. a new lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're going to get a little bit more than something like that, but are we going to get a trailer that gives away too much? No. No. And no. I don't want that. I don't want that. I just need a little taste in my mouth about... <laughs> <laughs> Letting it go. Letting it go. I just Ro- need a little... Ro- Roxy needs yeah. a little bit of taste in her mouth. Did everybody just see that? Did everybody just see that? He's coming around. I'm never going to forgive myself for that. Uh, All but, the memes that are coming this week. But we do think that it's going to be more than just what we saw at Comic-Con, right? Because that was yeah. just a logo, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people would be pretty pissed if this was announced as a as a trailer, and that's what we got again. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to at least see Wonder Woman show up like, hey, I'm in this movie too. You've got to at least... <laughs> you think we're actually going to see the characters in this trailer? If if we don't, I would really be disappointed. Same. I think I think we need to... I mean, because it's not a freaking secret anymore. We've seen the photos we of the Momoa and, and Gadot. Gadot. Right. Gadot. Gadot. Yeah, I know. I know. Gal mm. Gadot. Wouldn't it be funny if they just showed that little scene from I Am Legend where just he walks by the poster and then that's it? (laughs) (laughs) You know it's coming out. One of these days, they're just going to start showing the fan trailers instead because people are making such amazing things that I honestly think they'll just pop one of them on. The the best fan trailer that I I really saw was the John Carter fan trailer that came out where it actually gave you a sense of what the John Carter movie was as opposed to every John Carter trailer, which did not. Mm -hmm. Right. And like totally badly sold that film. Right, absolutely. But people are doing amazingly crazy things where they piece together different actors' roles and different things and they actually put it all together and make it look like they make me excited for movies. It's amazing what people can do. Yeah, we're going to have a hell of a movie month in May. Movie month. Movie month. She's all about singing down today. to the movies. It's movie month. It's May. <laughs> this is the one month you head Bring down your to the lip movies. gloss. Bring your lipstick. Why do you have so many <laughs> options for your lips here? It's only a 50-minute show, Rox. Yeah, I know. I know. you got to put one on top of the other one. And, and my girls would know all about that. I'm There's sure no Gal sense. feels me there. It's a Wonder Woman technique. You go, gal. Ooh, clever. You see what he did clever. there? I see yeah. what he did. I see it. Doing there. For movie mom. I don't know why, but I just smelled your lip gloss. No idea why. Uh, it's one of those weeks. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're excited for the trailer. May 15th, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, we can't wait to report on that afterwards. That's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm honestly, I'm not sure if I would have seen this immediately when it came out, but now I definitely will be. Mm-hmm. And speaking of teasing, David Ayer gave us a little tease this past week about Arkham Asylum. He tweeted a picture of just patient records with the caption of set deck 
Every detail matters. Hashtag Suicide Squad. So basically, it's the uh, the patient records that have a little logo of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and uh, I dig that. I really dig that. Uh, I'm I'm a big. Uh, I really wanted to see Arkham Asylum in this. There was never a question whether we would, though. And I I loved when they do put out small little teasers like this, just showing us, hey, we're still here. I also like there's a consistency that the logo is basically the same logo that's been in the Arkham Asylum video games. Mm. And it's smart. And I just dig that. I dig that when the consistency can carry across the different media. Because, I mean, there are going to be differences anyway in terms of the characters and the stories that happen. But if we can, like, keep the Stark Industries logo the same or the Arkham Asylum logo the same. Makes sense. That's cool to me. And it helps, frankly, with branding and marketing. Yeah. The crossover, yeah, of course. And especially because we aren't doing things like using the same actors or crossing right. over those worlds. It is nice when at least you feel like it's cohesive and they are all working together yeah. at some sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And I love, I, I mean, some people don't like all these teasers, and I'm not a huge spoiler guy, but to me this isn't a spoiler. It's like you got to believe Arkham Asylum is going to be a part of the film anyway. Well, when you've got characters like Harley Quinn and the Joker showing up, at some They're point crazy. Yeah, at some point, Arkham would be mentioned. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, uh, it was not a question of whether it would ever be thrown in there, but the fact that this is assuring us it will be. Yeah, and I, I just love how thick those patient files are. Ooh. It's like, man, there's a lot of info. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure that's just like per one person, no joke. Yeah, like three of those, those are, are for the Joker. Are for the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? As someone who, who's worked in healthcare for years, and I, I've, I worked in a hospital for a long time, I naturally, when I see patient charts, sometimes when they are that thick, I kind of cringe because you know it's going to be possibly a difficult patient. And yeah. Sure. You see the Arkham Asylum logo, you're like, oh god, this is going to be yeah. violent. <laughs> oh yeah, you see the whole binder, you're. I hope there aren't photos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be. Pretty sure. But while we're talking about Suicide Squad, we have plenty more news about the film. We have three new cast members. Well, two brand new ones and one relatively new cast members. Uh, First off, Scott Eastwood. Um, He's he's the the son of Clint Eastwood. So he's had a rough life. Um, he's going to be playing Scott Trevor, in, who will eventually Steve become... Trevor. Steve Trevor. Yeah. I'm serious. Steve Trevor, who will eventually become a love interest in Wonder Woman. That's what they're saying. So uh, here's the deal. Yes, we all joke about him being a very famous person's son. He's actually incredibly talented, though. Um, and he was in Fury and all those different things. So I am excited to see him in this movie for a plethora of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's interesting that there is rumors about him being Wonder Woman's love interest because we have so many other possible love interests for her if we go the New 52 route. Um, we'll talk about some other different routes we could go later. But it's just like... Where are they going with this? How? Who is Wonder Woman going to be with? How many different triangles, rectangles, uh, what comes after that? Hexangles. Hexagons. Hexagons. Are mm-hmm. there going to be? <laughs> Thanks for that. No, hexagons. How many sides yeah. in a hexagon? Five. No. Six. Yes. Hex- hexa. Penta. Penta would be five. Yes. Hexa. Octa. Eight. What's seven? Septagon. Septa. Boom. I took math. You just learned, people! <laughs> Giving you all the education you need. DC Movie News teaching you about. Sis, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Steve Trevor is a very cool character that half the time, though, they've not known what the hell to do with. Because, mm-hmm. like, when he first shows up, he was this character where it was, it was part of the whole feminism message of Wonder Woman, where he was bothered by the fact that he's a soldier, he's, he's an airman, rather, and he had to keep getting rescued by Wonder Woman. And he felt bad, like, that he didn't help enough in her adventures. Pull his own and, weight, yeah, yeah. Right, and she even said, like, this is why, there's there's a comic book where she flat out tells him, this is why we wouldn't get married, if because you're thinking of 
that I would have to be subservient or less than you for that to work. And eventually, as the comics went on, he realized, no, I, I love her for her strength, and I don't have to be able to overpower her. I don't have to be stronger than her. Yeah. I love her because she's amazing. You don't got to be the breadwinner. Right, and we work. And then William Moulton Marston died and, and left the comic, and after that, they really didn't know what to do with Steve. So he just sort of became this jerk. Mm. Uh, who is charming, but definitely a jerk, mm. and and would sometimes do things to make Wonder Woman jealous. And Wonder Woman was now much more concerned about, oh, can Steve love me for me, or does she just does he just love the glamour of Wonder Woman and stuff like that? They didn't know what to do with him. In the eighties, they reinterpreted him by making him about twenty years older, and so he took on more of an older brother role. So there was no romance. Huh. And then the New Fifty Two, we've had him where. He's totally enamored with Diana, but she doesn't have any feelings for him whatsoever, leading him to get jealous and envious when Superman and Wonder Woman get together. Let me ask you something. Of all of those different versions, hearing that this could be a, a possible love interest or, or whatnot, which kind of character would you like to see him being? Then? I want to see the original one, where he's a military man who initially has... Problems, a lot of like, pride. Yeah, he's a, a lot of swallow, pride, yeah. and he's he's and he's feeling not that he resents her for her powers, but that he feels like inadequate and, and sort of like, well, what can I offer her if I can't save the day sometimes and stuff? And then realize that's really stupid, mm -hmm. and go over that. I think that's great. Nathan Fillion also did a really entertaining version of uh, Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman animated movie. Hmm. Yeah. So if you, you kind of got like the Nathan Fillion charm and add it to that original version of Steve, I think that'd be a fantastic hit. And, I, you know, we're all insecure. And that's the thing. We want to relate to yeah. these characters. We all have insecurities. It doesn't matter who you're dating, who you're not dating. We yeah. all have certain parts about ourselves. So for this guy to be a proud, a strong military guy... With Wonder Woman, yeah. how can you match up? Yeah. You've got to swallow that pride a little bit. So, yeah, I can see this working. My question would be, though, how does he enhance the storyline, the overall story arc? Mm. Yes, of course, we have to develop Wonder Woman as a character. Mm -hmm. But is it going... Are we too sidetracked here for a Suicide Squad movie? Is this going to actually help us, or what? Well, if he's... I mean, Nufti 2, Steve, is not just an airman. He's also involved in Argus, which is the, the organization that deals with superhuman terrorism acts and such. And so it makes some sense that in his government role, he would maybe show up to look over the Suicide Squad, maybe check on what Waller's doing. Maybe he doesn't approve. He and Waller have worked a lot together in Nufti 2. Gotcha. So he might not be, like, you know, on the team, mm -hmm. but you could have him... In the beginning and at the end, checking on Waller, basically saying, you know, I don't like how you're doing. Like, we need a better hero, a better type of hero. And that could set up Wonder Woman or something. And yeah. then how would you guys feel about this casting choice? And I know it's kind of complicated because we don't know exactly which version of the character they would be going with. But what do you guys think about him being cast? I think, he's, a, I think he's good. And, you know, again, we don't know which version we're going with. But also, you know, good actors are good actors. So yeah. if, if he can act... He will act the role that they give him. I mean, the apple doesn't <laughs> yeah. fall far from the Eastwood tree. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with this casting. I wish him well. Yeah. Uh, we have two more cast members to talk about. These names are a little more difficult to pronounce than Eastwood. Uh, Raymond Olubawale is going to be playing King Shark. Big dude. He's going to knock you out. He might. He's a boxer. Yeah. Um, no, I think that we have. Uh, yeah, he is. He's a boxer. He's a big dude. We don't know that much. About him, King Shark, the rumor right now. Um, again, we're introducing a lot of characters. Mm. A lot of characters. And not to mention, now this is the hard one. Adewale Akednoye Abajay. 
is going to be playing Killer Croc. That's about the pronunciation. I'm not sure if you nailed it, but I'm thinking you did. If I didn't get that correct, I apologize. Yeah, that's why. Well, um, and this is now we're showing the picture for him. Yeah. Um, and he is really, really talented. He played Mr. Echo on Lost. I loved him on that. I think he's amazing and kind of scary, but also has a soft side to him. And I will be calling him Mr. Echo because that's the name I can pronounce. <laughs> So I don't know how you guys feel about that, but, but what, that's what we'll be doing. What are your thoughts, Sizzler, on how King Shark and Killer Croc are going to be kind of uh, thrown into this movie? Like, New 52, we know Killer Croc escapes through the underground tunnels and after the asylum gets destroyed. Um, and also, Killer Croc, over the years, has been portrayed as, like, low-intellect brute force. Do you think depending, gonna, depending which version. Yeah. Do you think it's going to go that route? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think you, you... I mean, King Shark already kind of fills in the brute force aspect. Uh, so you don't need Killer Croc to do that. You it's mean? it's an interesting thing to include them both in the same team. That's, I mean, yeah. but but Killer Croc again, like the original version was a mobster, and right, he wasn't really mutated. He had he had scales in his skin, so it gave him this slightly reptilian appearance. It was some form of atavism, but he was a mobster. He was he was a marksman. Yeah, he was a sniper. And he was responsible for the death of Jason Todd's parents before they retconned that. And he was he was a cunning guy. And then mm-hmm. later on, artists started making him more crocodile-like. And he was still intelligent, but not quite the super mobster he was before. And then the cartoon portrayed him as this brute force, slightly stupid, depending on the episode, thug. Right. Uh, like, he, he, was, he was a powerhouse. And... Yeah, we've had a couple different versions of him, and and then in the comics, like because the action figures were really making him look like a crocodile, then Jim Lee just totally had him get mutated. Yeah. I mean, look at that picture right there. Yeah, yeah. In Hush, he just we were told he got mutated further into being basically a human crocodile hybrid. So with King Shark and Killer Croc, how do you think they're both going to be portrayed? I mean, it would if, be if it is them, if it is both of them, which we're not a hundred percent positive yet. We're not we're not positive say. on the King Shark or either of them. Uh, we're not positive on. I think I don't think that DC or Warner Brothers has confirmed either of them uh, okay, fully, gotcha. oh, but right. I do think that we're pretty positive on Killer Croc, and I'm not. I mean, he's a fantastic choice for Killer Croc. I would dig it if Killer Croc and and King Shark maybe had a rivalry in there because that's part of the joy of the Suicide Squad that you have guys who maybe guys and girls who maybe don't get along, mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't mind if the other person died during the mission mm. and wouldn't save them. So I could I could maybe see that. I would love to see a more intelligent Killer Croc again who's who's trying to get the upper hand and just, just trying to find that way to get away from them. Do you see them both maybe being locked up and having kind of a rivalry? That, the, could, the that could even be it. Well, also, that actually that brings up an interesting point. Just because they're in the movie doesn't necessarily mean they make the squad. So maybe, right. maybe they fight it out in the beginning and Waller picks the winner. So coming from yeah. the YouTube chat right now, Retro Bat says, yeah, lots of character characters because they'll all be in Arkham. Maybe a breakout of jail scenario at the end sure. of the movie. Sure. So wow. you're, it's right. That- or even just a hallway scene. Yeah. yeah. If it ends with a with a prison break, oh, Jesus. Yeah, but I don't know if you get uh, some of these name actors and then just have a quick well, hallway scene. But some of them, maybe I guess if are... you were setting them up for Justice League yeah, or maybe. one of the other movies. Maybe, absolutely. I, oh, I, I think that's what these characters are, are kind of going to be there for. But Because yeah. um, they're really coming. A lot of characters are going to be involved in, in Suicide Squad. Yeah, there's a, a lot of them. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but a lot of people are getting nervous about it. I'm not nervous about that, at least not yet, because I think that a lot of characters could be a really great thing. Sure. As yeah. long as they're utilized well. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, speaking of Suicide Squad, uh, Junkie XL. 
Yeah, I started composing, uh, little- but not for Suicide Squad, for Batman right. v Superman. Um, and he just, I think it was an Instagram picture where he posted and he said, it has begun or something. So people are excited about that. Can you imagine being in the mind of that guy in studio? Like yeah. what notes and what vibes kind of go through his brain? I, I really, really can't. That's yeah. not the way that my brain works. And I think that the fact that people's brain does work that way is so freaking cool. And I'm envious of that. Makes me wonder if, if a guy like that or a guy like Hans Zimmer, if, if 24 hours a day when they're walking around and maybe at the grocery store and just in their head at all times, you just hear... There, there's theme music for yeah. every situation. I mean, every time <laughs> I walk into a room, songs play. Like, Fox Lady. The Danger Zone. <laughs> Roxy Lady. <laughs> not really, oh, guys. Actually, oh, no, not really. And Kenny Loggins all day in my brain. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Playing play with the boys. Zone. Why not? Yeah. Danger Zone. Yeah, sure. You have no idea who we're talking of about. Of course I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Why do you always say that? Because you are young. I didn't know if you knew Kenny Loggins' I know Kenny collection. Loggins. I know. She knows Top Gun. I know. Do you I know, know Top Gun? I know Top Gun. Okay. This is so sad. I'm not... Well, you weren't just... alive when the movie came out. All right. Well, I'm alive now. You're okay? lucky. You're lucky. I wish I was not born when... I wish I was that young. Little baby Roxy. <laughs> Little baby Roxy. Not even know who Top Gun is. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Suicide Squad. We got a little bit of a um, teaser, if you will, for the plans for Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang. Um, they, well, described in three words. Rock and roll. They say it's going to be very hard rock influence, possibly a trench coat, uh, wardrobe changes throughout the film. Uh, Sizzler, what do you think about Captain Boomerang as far as how they're going to portray him? You know, Captain Boomerang is, is a very cool dude if you if you stick to how the Suicide Squad had him. Because he was he was the jerk and the class clown mm-hmm. of the group, but he was also freaking cunning and, and manipulative. Like he, uh, there was the other character Slipknot on the team. Not the band. Right. And, I know them too, by the way. And this was when they had uh, the little bombs weren't on their necks or in their skin. The little bombs to keep them in line were on their wrists, like attached <sighs> to their wrists. And Captain Boomerang didn't know for sure if this was a lie or not. And so he started talking to Slipknot during one mission. He's like, but acting like, yeah, no, it's a lie. I found out. It's like, no, they're not actually. They don't actually, they don't actually work. And Slipknot was like, oh, awesome. And started running away. And it blew up and he lost his arm. And Captain Boomerang's like, all right, good to know. Good to know. Wow. And that, that's the kind of cat he is. It's funny because back in the day, cool. wasn't Captain Boomerang portrayed as kind of a fool? Yeah. No, when he was, well, he, he came out in 1960 and it was this guy. The idea was that uh, he was a mascot for a toy company. So the toy company gave him the costume and the name Captain Boomerang. And then. He thought this would like lead to other opportunities, but everyone just made fun of him because of how ridiculous he looked. So he just was like, "Screw this!" and used the specialized <laughs> boomerangs to start committing crimes. Yeah. And then just you know, he would attach Flash to a giant boomerang and shoot him into space. And then he joined with the Rogues, and he was just kind of this kooky guy. But in the eighties, John Ostrander started giving him more of this cunning. And and more of a bloodthirsty edge of, of the Flash Rogues. He was definitely one of the more bloodthirsty guys. I think nice. of anything. If anything, we've seen that the goofier somebody can look, the more dangerous they're capable of being. Yeah. For example, we saw Trickster this week. He's weird looking, and he's really, really conniving, oh, cunning. Uh, Joker's the exact same way, kind of weird yeah. looking dude. But well, it's, it's really that. It's that great juxtaposition. Right. And I, from, I love that. From the absurd that. to the deadly. Yeah. Right. Which is why I think this is a really cool character, too. Um, and even more so than specifically what they said, I'm just happy they freaking said anything this week because yeah. we've been hearing so much, there's been so much about all of the other characters. And yeah. I, I really don't feel, I feel like they've been so hush hush about him. And I think him being cunning, like you said, and very manipulative and very um, yeah. sinister. He's would out fit. for him. 
Right. He's out for him. And that would fit the role. That would fit the whole vibe yeah. of the way Suicide Squad's going to be. They're saying it's it's going to be dark. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I'm guessing they might borrow some of the more recent ideas, like uh, like in, in the Arrow TV show that he was in the Australian Secret Service, and so he brings a military mm-hmm. skill to it. You know, I've And, hey, boomerangs are freaking deadly. Like, yeah. They're, they're used for... The, I mean, there are different kinds of boomerangs. There's the throwing boomerang and the returning boomerang, but they can be used for hunting and killing, like... You you give him some razorangs, some bomberangs. I'm down. Great comment uh, in chat roll by W. Dillett saying, Captain Boomerang is going to piss a lot of people off. You'll wish he died, but he won't. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of character he should be. <laughs> that is exactly think? the kind of character, and he should have a trench coat. There you go. And do we think he really won't die? Because I'm thinking <clears throat> we might lose somebody we're not sure we're going to lose. Someone. Maybe it might be Enchantress. Might, Someone's got to die. Might be, I mean, Jack Courtney's really huge. King Shark, so. Enchantress, I can definitely see them dying. Or Croc. Croc, maybe. I could but see them keeping on Croc, because there's a Batman history there, and you can make more toys, and, and you can go back and watch so many cartoons and so many versions mm. of him. Or, or they could throw in KGB Beast, like on Arkham Asylum, and have him die in the first three KG minutes. Beast. You there's a dated villain. That poor communist. Oh. Uh, what yeah. are you going to do? Also <laughs> lost a hand. Yeah, <laughs> he lost more than that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty trendy these Assault days. Assault on Arkham, I should say. Uh, all right, moving on. We got a possible teaser moment at Batman v Superman from Henry Cavill. I can never say that right. Cavill. Cavill. Yeah. Henry Cavill. But it's uh, cool. You're trying to make him like an elegant Cavill. Cavill. Yeah. He says he has not worn the Superman suit since November, and he doesn't know when he will again. But when asked about details, he did say, Unfortunately, I can't really say anything about that. I wish I could. Believe me. I wish I could. But there is... A firm handshake at some stage, yes. So the question is, how violent of enemies will they be if he says there's going to be a firm handshake? I mean, the firm handshake can come in, in so many different circumstances. That might be when Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne meet on the street. Right. And they're just kind of uh, sizing each other up. That's true. It, it also, firm handshake could be them being... It could mean a lot of different things, like job well done, or it could mean screw you. You know, like what firm doesn't really describe the emotion behind it. It just describes the fact that these are two superheroes shaking hands. I I would guess it wouldn't be flimsy. Yeah, and plenty of enemies have had firm handshakes. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like you, but I respect you. Damn it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The the, the forearm grab. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I don't really know what to make of this other than the fact that he is pretty tight-lipped on things sometimes. So the fact that he said this, wow, we're all like grasping at straws here. Like, what'd he say? (laughs) I don't know how much it really means. So your thoughts overall as well. He's not going to give away that much. It doesn't... I mean, ideally, I would love for there not to be that much fighting and for them to figure out... I would like the, the drama to be... Uh, a philosophical conflict, like an emotional conflict about how you do the job, but I'm honestly not interested in seeing too much of a fight. I've just seen that in so many comics and cartoons now. I would Based like... on the title, though. I know, which is why the title depressed me when it came yeah. out. Do you think it might be more yeah. of a psychological conflict? I would than a love that. One? Yeah. I would love that. If it's really like how they deal with things differently and if they're looking at each other as, you know, I think you're naive, well, I think you're crazy. I, I would be down with that for a while, and then eventually they come to an understanding of, of that in the end they're just two orphans who don't want people to die. But yeah. wouldn't you have just seen, I mean, you're saying that we've seen the other way so many times, but I feel like we see what you're describing right now. Like, for example, just on Flash and Arrow, the way that the two of them deal with things. One's right. way more campy, doesn't like to kill, the other one's right. get whatever it is. I feel like we do see that a lot, too, a, a conflict yeah. of interest. So I feel like both of them have been done many times. It's just how you do it. And Oh, yeah. No, if if they wind up fighting, 
thing and they do it in a really entertaining way, I'm not going to complain. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I yeah. understand this your is fears. My, this is my general feeling and, and, and also I'm, I'm sort of tired of Dark Knight Returns. I've seen like three adaptations of it. So the... Mm. How much this movie, several elements of it resembled uh, Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, okay. Right. Like, and I think you said it perfectly. When it comes down to it, they're two orphans that don't want people to die. They want to do the greater good for the greater uh, part of society. Yeah. But they're stubborn as hell. Yes. And so they're going to butt heads. Oh, so yeah. let's do a psychological you, yeah, fight. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got a, a Kansas uh, Midwestern farm boy who doesn't have time for double talk and BS. And you've got an aristocrat who has has had... A lot of resources and privilege that a lot of people don't. And all, all the, the money time. in the world, but no yeah. happiness. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like they should absolutely have a conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah. I don't know, though. I was thinking that maybe at some point the conflict would actually be over Wonder Woman. Not the major conflict, not why it's called Batman v Superman. I would, I would get bored by that too. If it's if it's two dudes fighting over a chick, well, yeah. not not the major conflict, but I just I kind right. of thought maybe yes, there would be a major conflict, but maybe it was just like over every little thing they yeah. see differently and yeah. whatever it is over I'd, the woman. Over I'd rather see a fight over a philosophical difference than a fight over Wonder Woman. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's called this is the end. We saw that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Kind of just for, what is, uh, very I, similar movie. I meant, I meant this means war, but that works too. I was going to say, uh, uh, comparing to a Seth Rogen movie, no, sure. No, this, <laughs> this means war. That's what I meant, Tom Hardy. Once again, Roxy with the incorrupt movie reference. Um, I don't even care that you just, just insulted me because you did it in a Bane Cat voice, so that's fine. I hate <laughs> and, myself. And for now it. you're Mini Me. Now I'm doing. <laughs> not Dr. 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 Evil. It was Mini Me. He was Mini Me. Dr. Evil, a.k.a. Lauren Michaels. Um, <laughs> well, Ben Affleck, he was talking to Congress this week because that's what Ben Affleck does. Yeah. Uh, Bill Gates, also in the house. Shout out to BG. Uh, he basically. And <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did shout out to BG. Of course, yeah. why not? Uh, he, he was testifying to Congress to explain uh, the importance of foreign aid to Africa, but he did do a Batman reference. I quote, I would be remiss not to recognize my co-star in Batman, Senator Patrick Leahy, had a cameo in Dark Knight Rises, of course, and he says, your role was significantly smaller than mine, but I understand you are quite good. I dig that. Kind of funny. I dig that. I- it's just like it, you're not going to talk to Congress where people don't know who you are. So just acknowledge who you are. Talk yeah. about the role. I think it's cool. Wait, you think people in Congress don't know who Ben? No, no, no. no, 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 no she's saying, opposite. of course. Like you, you know oh, that they know who you are. Right. Yeah. It, it's not like some guy who's maybe landed one or two roles and he's trying to use it to his advantage. Like it's this freaking Ben Affleck. Everybody's yeah. going to know who he is. So the so the fact that he went there and he acknowledged that he's an actor and he not whatever. I thought it was clever and funny and and he's trying to do good for the world so that just makes him even cuter and and his girl jay gardner is behind him she was so. there. and the senator had to be excited about that like yeah yeah it wasn't batman <laughs> yeah because he's obsessed <laughs> well, we, we, we are bros yeah, yeah we're bros <laughs> totally we're like on the same page man next time i That's what uh, senator sounds like in my head next time i suggest the bill why don't you push it through courts Oh, I know nothing about politics. I'm assuming that's what happens. Sure, <laughs> push it. Yeah, that's the, how the courts involved. Yeah, I was in Batman. Push through. You know DC. That's good enough. <laughs> uh, moving on, Adam. Oh, Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah. Xiao. All right, here we go. Oh, I like that. Xiao. Yeah. Xiao. They're going to be lending their voices for the 50th anniversary of Batman. Of course, it began way back in 1966. They said at a recent uh, North Carolina fan convention called the Mad Monster Party. Burt Ward says, I quote, I'm not sure if our agents will allow us to say this. And then Adam West jumps in. 
I tell them what to do. Uh, they say a 90-minute feature is coming out, possibly another project as well. And, of course, they've lent their voices in the past to the new Adventures of Batman and the Legend of Superheroes. Uh, this is cool. I'm excited for this. This is fantastic. I love Adam West. Who doesn't? Yeah. I think it's a cool homage, too. Um, they look so freaking goofy in all of these pictures everywhere, but I think that's awesome. And that was, and that was the beauty of the show. Yeah. That was the beauty of the show. It's it, perfect. It... it, it it was, and that's the, that's exactly how you do a kind of campy satire. Because even though the world is ridiculous, like Adam West played it so straight, like right. he he believed that Gotham was in danger yeah. unless we stopped the exploding whoopee cushion. Right, like, like it was that was a threat. That was a threat that had to be taken down. As long as you don't play to laughs. Exactly. And they did it. It worked so beautifully. So you're excited for this animated? Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't even, I mean, my question is. Bring everyone back, you can. Do you think it's going to be an animated version? It's got to be based off the 60s. I think so, absolutely. Which, which has been having a resurgence of interest, especially with the digital comic Batman 66, which takes place in that whole. Uh, version of events. You know what I would love to see that in the animated feature. You know how in the original Batman, when they would climb up the wall, yeah, yeah, it was literally them walking forward with the camera angle turned. Right. <laughs> I would love to see the animated version look that cheesy. I, oh, really? I mean, and yeah. and you could have like celebrity guest voices there because that was the beauty of the walking of the wall. It was always like Sammy Davis Jr. would look out the window. And like, like awesome. that happened. Where you going, babe? That's awesome. It was it was fantastic. Like, who's going to look out the window this time? It was just some random celebrity. Somebody comes in for five minutes, records VO, and leaves. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally. I love board. that. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Robin, you just can't defuse a bomb. I forget the exact quote. It was sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah, sometimes you just can't get rid of it. And then you just hold it. Ah! <laughs> One of, the, one, one of the greatest moments in cinema, which was strangely then adapted for the ending of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yes. Very, yeah, very much loosely. So. Loosely. <laughs> loosely. There were no nuns. That was really the biggest change. You need nuns in a good nuns. bomb. <laughs> yes. Yes. You always need them. But yeah, I think that's really cool. They're obviously um, still paying homage to, to Batman 50-year anniversary. They're going to get Adam West, Burt Ward involved. And the fact that they're both still willing to do it, hey... Why not? Work is work. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. I think not only willing, but excited. When that comes out, we should do a review show of that. I'm down. Yeah, if you want to come in. I'm totally down. Then everybody I saw uh, through the comments last week wants us to review Man of Steel also, so we'll, oh. we'll, maybe we'll start putting out some reviews. Yeah. I mean, maybe as a separate show. Yeah. Obviously, we can't replace this, which is a review show. This show is irreplaceable. Yes. This show is priceless. I'm loving the voices tonight. None of them as much as Bane Cat, but still. I already did it twice. I'm not going to overkill it. I know. I, I know. Already, I already we'll get them next week, guys. Uh, let's move on to television, Roxy. I know you're ready. Uh, TV Arrow. time. TV time. TV, TV time. time. It's TV time. Uh, I, I don't know this song. To turn the channel. Because it's TV time. TV. It's TV. You could just clap. Oh, okay. In time. <laughs> yeah, for TV. Hooray for TV. The role of Hawker <laughs> is cast for the Arrow Flash spinoff. Boom. All right. Uh, All right. The lovely Sierra. We really nailed that. Yeah, we did. We did pretty good. <laughs> the lovely Sierra Renee. This chick just graduated from Baldwin Wallace University in 2013 with a musical theater degree. She's had a guest star on Law & Order. She did a, a couple things on Broadway. 
All of a sudden, bam, she's not going to be Hawk Girl in the Arrow Flash spinoff. She's gorgeous. I love her smile, and I like people who are classically trained, and she's been on Broadway, so we know that she can handle being in a TV series. I think this is great. I don't actually know her talent ability because I haven't seen her, but I'm assuming it's strong. It's probably phenomenal. Um, and if she's been doing this much work right out of school, right. I, I, I can't imagine that's a fluke. And, like, could she be any better looking guy? She just is great. I think it's great. Yeah, she's doing okay for herself. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the creep meter just went up. Yeah, she, what's, what's going on down there, Johnny? Uh, shush, you. <laughs> After you say you want a taste in your mouth. Um, I love Hawk Girl. I was just going to ask you. I freaking love Hawk Girl. So and, you think that was Hawk Woman? The good because we mentioned they were going to have three new characters that we haven't necessarily seen a lot of. Right so you're really on board with. I'm totally. On, I think Hawk Girl is is more interesting than Hawk Man. You I, do. I do absolutely. And it's Hawkman. Just, I mean, he was a cool character when he came out in the '40s. It was, it was a great concept of this guy who recalls that he's the reincarnation of this Egyptian warrior prince, and he, he gets this wing harness and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. It's kind of played out now, like in, in modern comics when they have the original Hawkman showed up. It's sort of like he's, and some writers have done him better. Like Jeff Johns did a great run with him. But a bunch of writers keep making him just like the team's Wolverine, whichever group he's with. Like, oh, he's kind of like Wolverine. He's a, which is just played out now because we've seen yeah. that kind of a character time and time again. Whereas Hawk Girl is a great character because she's got some of those elements, but she she always uh, had a harder time dealing with this reincarnated version of herself and sure. that knowledge. It wasn't mm-hmm. just I accept I'm this warrior from the past, like. But I also I must be me. Like, it goes back to insecurity. It goes Deal back to insecurity. It. It, goes, it goes into like carving out your own uh, your own identity. And I mean, I loved it when they had uh, the alien version of her on Justice League with Wonder Woman because then neither of them could be pigeonholed into warrior woman archetype. They had to really be characters beyond being able to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is fantastic. And she's got a great visual to her. Cool. It's a woman with wings. And oftentimes a mace. That's a fantastic visual. I don't know if you know anything about this, but from the chat, Scotty02 says, aren't they changing Hawkwoman's origin story, though? No, um, no I, so heard, I don't know I heard that, that she... You mean Hawkgirl or what? that I've heard. I heard that she's she's going to be someone who, who was reincarnated of, mm-hmm. of, of, yeah. a, of a past warrior, right? So that's Hawkgirl. Hawkwoman was, was the alien from, from right. Thanagar. I'm so that's, you mean that's Hawk different. Girl. And now, yeah, Hawk Girl is who we got. As excited as you are about Hawk Girl, I think this next role, for two reasons, you might be a little more excited about. Number one, because he's a badass. But number two, the man cast as Rip Hunter is a Doctor Who alum. He goes by the name of Arthur Deville. Yeah, Arthur Darville. Arthur, Darville. Darville. Yeah. Arthur Darville is, I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic actor. He's mainly been a theater actor, actually. He and Matt Smith, who was the 11th Doctor, actually met on stage years before they ever did Doctor Who. Hmm. And uh, he was recently in Dr. Faustus, I think. He was on Broadchurch on the BBC. He's he's a phenomenal actor. I've met him a couple times. Uh, really, really chill, funny guy. Hmm. And so I'm excited to see him in any basic role, especially a geeky role. And then Rib Hunter is one of those like weird sort of niche characters. Like a Han get, Solo type. I know. mean, well, he doesn't get used too often. And, and again, sometimes people don't know what to do with him. Uh, but I've always loved the concept of him. I dig time travel in general. So the fact that you're bringing in Rip Hunter and you've got a Doctor Who alum who's going to be playing a very different character than who he played on Doctor Who. I yeah. think that's also very exciting. This is such a different persona than who he played on Doctor Who. So 
Yes, but I'm also just wondering what are going to be their time travel rules because because that was always something that had to happen in the comics. Like they always needed to figure out well what are our rules on time travel so Rip doesn't just you know have a get out of free card all the time. Right now, for Flash at least, and this is a spinoff, we seem to be going off of Flashpoint Paradox, or and there's all different things, and we're still making the rules right. as we go, right. uh, which will be interesting to see what happens. Well, with with DC what? Comics in in the comic universe, the the rules also depended on. The method of time travel, right? So, like, like certain people could travel through time and change the past, whereas Flash, because of the way his powers worked, generally in the comics couldn't. We've seen right. the TV show; they're they're playing with that a bit where he can. And in more recent comics, he has been able to, and that's how we have some same flashes at the same time. Right. Different, but, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it will be interesting to see how it all works out. It also will be interesting just to see the spinoff in general. They're they're stacking it with great characters. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're getting people And from, they might not be done yet. Yeah. If we're, seeing, if we're seeing Rip Hunter, how long until we see Booster Gold? Um, That's right, because we we later got the retconned idea that Rip is actually the son of Booster Gold. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't think they're done. Um, and I think that we're gonna get we're in for a lot more surprises. But I'm wondering what this show is now. Like, is is this going to be? Is this another team, or is this going to be like the the old Brave and the Bold comics where each episode or two is a different couple of characters teaming up? I, I think yeah. they made they, their idea is that it's going to be almost like a, a collection of little mini-series. Center, See, center I, I'm characters. so down with that. Two I think episodes. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so that way it introduces so many different stories that you can Yeah. Use. Then you're creating a universe. Absolutely. And we get to see all different characters and different storylines. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Because we already have other stuff going on. And then with Supergirl coming, too. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot. A lot of stuff. And iZombies, which is kicking butt right now. I gotta say, I have been charmed by iZombie. Me, too. I wasn't sure I would dig it. I like it. I Me like too. it a lot. It's very fun. Absolutely. Everyone just quit your jobs. So much TV. Yeah. <laughs> so many movies. Somebody there's, wrote last there's week. There's too much good TV. Last week they wrote, Roxy, I wish I, I had as much free time to watch TV as you do. I don't really have that much free time. <laughs> I, I just watch a lot of TV. It's sleeping yeah. that I don't do. I don't sleep either. So, hey, if you, kid, if you quit sleeping, then you get to watch as much TV as you want. That is very <laughs> I, I just sleep fast. Words of wisdom, yeah. yeah. He's oh, a power yeah. napper. Yeah. You just Six time hours travel. and two hours. Done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah just right. sleep fast. You travel through time while sleeping. Yeah. You're the rip hunter of sleep. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> sleep hunter. You wake up and it's later in the day. That's time travel. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Uh, real quick before we get to your questions. Things are um, happening. Just so you know, uh, Constantine's going to be pitched to NBC at the end of April. The uh, executive producer, Daniel Sarone, said, end of April date has been set to pitch second season ideas to NBC. Then they decide on a season two. Uh, a pitch never guarantees anything, but it means the network is at least open to listening to it. So hashtag save Constantine. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I just think this shows the power of social media right now. I think that if it wasn't for hashtag save Constantine, oh, and if it wasn't for social media, yeah. Constantine would be good. Gone. I That's agree. the only reason. I agree. So you guys at home, you go guys. This is you, a hundred percent, all you. Um, fight for the shows that you love, and people are loving the show. And I will speak for Adam Gertler here that he's Constantine obsessed. It's his favorite DC show right now. So you know, I I know that people out there really really like it. I think that's awesome, and I hope that they get a season two for you fans. Best of luck to them. And the final bit of news we have, Convergence is coming. The nine-issue weekly event combining the worlds of fan-favorite DC stories into one 
will center around Brainiac, it's looking like. Um, and that's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, the the trailer for it seemed awesome. Mm. Um, you know, people have been upset about New 52 ending. I think that this made them a little less upset. I think it looked really cool. Really, really cool. What do you think? I'm still, I'm still mixed about this. Because, mm, okay. I mean, the, the main idea is... is Brainiac's behind it, but we're told from the solicitations Brainiac's not really going to be seen in much of it. He's going to be seen like the beginning and the end, and in the meantime, we've got this new dude, Telos, who's like son of Brainiac, which again, is a concept we've seen before. There's already a son of Brainiac, and I'm sort mm-hmm. of like, but I, I want to see Brainiac, and I want to see Brainiac really done well. There's also, I, I do like, and the trailer was talking about it, that we get to revisit and give closure to some previous versions of some characters like that's the name and toys the part. question i think that's cool but then also in the solicitations one recurring theme seems to be that in almost every one of these issues uh those characters that we're going to see are going to be fighting like elseworlds characters or yeah. other multi-universe characters and that interests me less like i don't i don't really want to see the last Renee Montoya story be about she's fighting Red Sun Superman or something. I, I so want to see. You don't want to see a mess just to have a mesh, really. Is that what you're right. Saying? Like if if I if you're if this if you want to provide closure to like Renee Montoya, then I want to see a really just kick ass Renee Montoya story. Now, at the same time, Greg Ruck is writing it, so I'm sure it will be kick ass. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very mixed on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I wish well. I hope it's cool. I'm sure lots of it will be. Uh, that's the other thing. There's there's going to be so many there's, books. There's so many options. There are like 40 yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so inevitably there will be some issues that I think are kind of lame, but that doesn't mean the overall thing will be. So I don't I don't know. I'm very much let's wait and see on this. I'm not I'm not downing it, but oh no. You we're, know, we're I'm always not optimistic on this show. Yeah. Mm. You know, we're on board with it. give it everything a shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'll totally give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Try it once. All right, well, moving on. I think it's uh, I think it's question time. Oh, there's... also, um, it's been official. Uh, oh, wait, no, you'll mention that in the questions. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh. We'll talk about it right now. So this is coming from... Question at... time. Oh. It's question time. time. It's Roxy Stryer and it's question time. Wait, the clock go. <gasps> that was the best part. Okay, this is from mm. at Chris Barnes182 mm. says, What's everyone thought on at Amelie Wood, so Stephen Amell being cast as Casey Jones in at TMNT Movie 2, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 2. I love the casting, is what at Chris Barnes182 said. I love the casting. I am not excited for that movie, but uh. you put Amell in it, it's like... I kind of might need to see it now, because Amell is Casey Jones, that's, that's freaking genius, is what that is. I mean, Kawabunga, but... Am I the only person who's surprised they're making a sequel? No, because even though it, even though the first one wasn't that good, it still made money. So. It made enough that yeah. they're gonna they're yeah. gonna pour it into. Well, kids you know. will go see it, and well, kids. Will, well, I'm sorry, parents will take their kids to go. See right. It. Just for clarification purposes, because people um, have been saying, why why would you talk about this? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is not DC. This is all about Stephen Amell coming from Arrow, being yeah, a DC yeah. character, going over there. And for um, him, and it's I, a no brainer. Why wouldn't you? Be in a Ninja Turtle movie, of course. Oh, also, yeah, no. I don't blame him for saying yes to that. Like, you want to pay, pay me to play Casey Jones? Sure. Right. I I'll love play. to see him get work because he's amazingly I'll talented. Be Bob or Rocksteady? I don't care. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board. You go. Ugly me up. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is coming from at Pistol Birchel three. Sorry if I butchered well that. Well said. Thank you. Um, I really want to see Martian Manhunter in DC movie universe, especially with the Justice League. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Martian Manhunter. You don't think it's getting too convoluted with characters. At this point, I yeah. 
<laughs> At this point, throw them all in. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, see it, what kind of soup we get. I mean, I would, I would hold off. I wouldn't have them in Batman v Superman because that is getting too complicated with characters. Agreed. But for a Justice League movie, yeah, John is the the heart and soul of so many incarnations of the Justice League team. He brings a quality that the other heroes don't. He's the one of the few truly alien characters who's on there. Like mm-hmm. he's right, you know, unlike Superman, he grew up on his planet. He lived there, he had a family, and then he lost mm-hmm. it. So Great his tragedy point. is very different. If you also played it the way that they did in the comics, where they kept, instead of modernizing when he landed on Earth, they kept the idea that he landed on Earth, that he was brought to Earth in the 1950s, and has just been living secretly among us until superheroes showed up. I would love that, because then you can have all these flashback tales to like what he did yeah. to either look after certain people when they didn't know about it or fight certain menaces that were that only he could fight because there were no superheroes like you could do great flashbacks with him and Rachel Ghoul like yeah. you, you know you could do so much with him and yeah no yeah, i think he's i think the way they did on Smallville showed you uh the the great stuff they can do with Morris i think Morris did a great job in Smallville with him Right. Um, I would love to see him, yes, in the movie universe, but also come back to the TV universe, especially when we were talking about earlier this week, um, they announced that he, from Smallville, he might be coming mm-hmm. back and reprising his role as Clark Kent. Um, and so having different people come in, I think Martian Manhunter on TV and then getting people familiarized, not that he's an uncommon character, he is common, but cool. just I like bringing people to TV, then bring them to movies. Here's a quick one I really like in the chat role from our man Nicholas Bolgioni. Italian. What's up, brother? Uh, can I ask a question? Sure you can. So with Deadpool being R-rated, does that give Suicide Squad more room to be R-rated after all? Kind of a yes or a no. What are your thoughts real quick? Uh, no. I don't think Suicide Squad will be, but I do wish that they would look into it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't need it to be. I don't, I don't necessarily think Deadpool should be R-rated either. Yeah. I think, uh, look, the comic book has been PG-13 and it works. It's really funny. We all like the comic book. And frankly, you know, I don't think uh, you need... Like, what, what's our rating really going to get you? Like, are you going to throw in a Deadpool sex scene? Or are you going to pull in a Suicide Squad sex scene? Point like, taken. I don't really yeah. think that would, needs to be in the story. Like, that would just be extra just to have it there. I say, you know, if your movie can't be good at PG-13, then pushing it up to R ain't going to help you. That's a great point. You can get a lot away with a lot anyway, PG-13. Absolutely. So. Like, most, <laughs> I mean, freaking Suicide Squad's been awesome on Arrow. That yeah. is, that's yeah. very true, and I hear what you're saying, but I think that Suicide Squad is one of the only parts of Arrow that might have benefited from being on an HBO or an FX mm-hmm. or yeah. something, um, making it even more intense, even more bloody, whatever My it is. My thing is, like, I, I don't want teenagers to have to sneak in there like I think I mean which is why I don't think they'll do it I'm just saying the actual quality of it I think that it could benefit from being R-rated I don't think it has to I don't think this will make it but you could also do the opposite argument though it might make everyone step their game up to make it PG-13 like for example like just as a comic it's a lot harder to write PG-13 material than R-rated material. you got to really be more creative and you got to be more Well, it's so like, for so. me, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy where I, I think implied violence at times that, that quickly happens and then most of it is actually off-screen yeah. is far freakier because uh, your your mind is filling in the gaps. Then, yeah. you know, Saw, after a while, is just like, 
All right. Uh, I, I get what, what you're saying. What are you saying. doing now? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a personal it. preference yeah. thing. It is a, it's a totally personal preference. If they make it R, I'm not going to, like, screw this and leave. <laughs> I think the you point know. is that they won't, though. They won't. So Someone they won't eat go. my popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> we have time for one or two more. Go ahead. Okay. Like I wouldn't know until I was in the theater. <laughs> Coming from at the Arkham Titan says, hi, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, do you think that at DC Comics will announce Green Lantern and Shazam casting at Comic-Con? Um, at San Diego? I'm, yeah, I'm assuming they mean San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. I'm assuming they mean this year. I say no. Yeah, I don't, otherwise we'll be too Shazam. Late. Maybe Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I would just like them to announce which version of the character we would be seeing. Mm-hmm, I still say uh, no. You don't think we'll don't see think either? They nah. No, they won't. They're not going to rush it. Okay. No. They have so no. much going Shaz- on. Shazam. They freaking need to. Because we're already getting too much about Black Adam. Like, well, well, who who is Billy? Who is playing Billy? I'm telling you that The Rock's playing both roles. We're... Wow. Um, okay. Freaky Friday. Well, uh, wait, that's not even... <laughs> no, that's two different... Whatever. Just start naming movies. Mr. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Three Men and a Baby. I know what you did last summer. Oh. <laughs> I know what you did last summer after... What's the sequel? It was like... There's, I still know what you did yeah. last summer. Jesus. Which to me, I'm like, well, wait. Is this still... A year later, because otherwise your title makes no sense. It's got to be two summers ago or so. Yeah. It should have been, you're having too much fun so, in the summer. Anyway. <laughs> With uh, your getting, murder. Getting to one last question. This is from YouTuber Analyst says, I have a question. Mm. Do you think Batman and Wonder Woman should have a sweet-ass relationship just like in the animated series of Justice League Unlimited? So we talked a little bit about uh, Wonder Woman's love life. What do you guys think? I definitely prefer the that Batman and Wonder Woman have some kind of connection and I like how they did in the Justice League where they're, they both acknowledge it there's clearly a, flirt, a flirtation but right you know keep it at that they kind of keep it at that it doesn't actually fully form uh, I actually talked about this a few times with Susan Eisenberg who voiced Wonder Woman on that cartoon and she loved those scenes and she always wanted to see it play out more you're very she, popular I try <laughs> I'm charming um it's true. You know, whereas the Superman and Wonder Woman relationship never really interests me much. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. I would love to keep it more, like, keep people guessing a little bit, you know? Yeah. And and that happens in real life, where there are people who sort of acknowledge, like, under other circumstances, we would probably be okay together, but for whatever reason, we don't think it would work, or we work together so we don't think it would work, yeah. or there are other factors, and we know it wouldn't work. On a much smaller scale, someone in chat role asked during this episode, are Johnny and Roxy a thing? No! We're buddies! I tried to say yes, so what just happened? Oh, sorry. Are oh, we... damn! Let's keep the mystery. Scandal! We... I, I feel like I'm confused. Was that not a date last week? Scandal! Oh. <laughs> just gonna take the lip gloss and the lipstick. You keep yes. smelling my yeah. lip gloss. Yes. Do the normal breakup behavior of taking the girl's lip gloss and lipstick. That's the closest you'll get to my lips! I don't know what to do with my Johnny hands right Johnny, I don't know what to do with my hands Right now. <laughs> what a show this is. Calm been. down, Mickey Bobby. <laughs> what a show this has been. Alan Sizzler Kissler, please Woo! feel free to tell people where they can find you and anything else you like to say. You can find me on YouTube at Alan Sizzler Kissler. You can find me on Twitter at Sizzler Kissler. Boom. And uh, AlanKissler.com is my website. This weekend at WonderCon, if you're there, come and say hi. Yeah. I will also be selling some copies of the unofficial Game of Thrones cookbook and Doctor Who history. Cool. That cookbook sounds pretty I awesome. I want that cookbook. It's fun. A lot of meat, I imagine. There, but there, I, I, did, I did put in some vegetarian options, oh. some mixed drinks based on the poisons, Ooh. dire wolf ale. Well, here, here. Things like that. Are you going to throw a, a Game of Thrones par- premiere party? Because I'm coming if you are. 
I, I, a friend of mine and I have been talking about you are now. the possibility. Yeah. <laughs> Roxy's just going to show up. Because I invited myself. Yeah. <laughs> I brought chips. She's going to show up half in the bag like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Roxy Stryer, yourself. Go. Uh, you guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Um, all is fair and love and war and happiness and peace for everybody. And I want my lip gloss back. Got and it. Johnny, we're done. All right. Uh, at Jay Quasto, if you live in Arizona, I'm going to be at Stand Up Scottsdale starting tomorrow, which is why we recorded on Wednesday. April 2nd, April 5th, doing comedy. So hit me up on social media. I would love to see you there. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you soon, DCU. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.